balancing physical and digital is around making sure we continue to push for inclusion. There, there are so many benefits from home working from an inclusion perspective, but equally there are hidden longer term pitfalls. It's certainly a risk that those in office may be more exposed to senior leadership, more visible and therefore more likely to be involved in stretch projects and growth opportunities, which can then create inequity within your business. Hello and welcome to Masters of Comms, the podcast for transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. In this episode, we will speak with an architect of extraordinary employee experiences who will share his blueprint for success in both the real and virtual realms. Today, we will unravel how to effectively communicate in both digital and physical environments and bridge the engagement gap from virtual chats to water cooler conversations. I'm Lamar Williams, host of Masters of Comms, as well as head of partnerships at Sociable. And today I'm accompanied by our guest from Dazone, Paul Bennon, Senior Vice President of Employee Experience. Hello, Paul, and welcome to Masters of Comms. Hi, Lamar. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for being here. Paul, would you mind taking a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course, absolutely. I'm a senior HR practitioner at DAZN. My role is focused very much on the employee experience. As such, I am responsible for a number of different HR centers of excellence. I look after things like learning and development, performance, AI, well-being, internal comms, all the kind of elements which go together to drive a great employee experience within a business. My background is a little less traditional than normal for a senior HR role. I come from a internal comms background, and I think that provides me a really good understanding of people, how they operate, and for building great employee experiences. And I actually don't know very much about DAZN. Can you tell me a little bit more about what they do? DAZN is a sports streaming service. We operate around the world. Predominantly, our, our major markets are in Europe, Germany, Italy, Spain. We have a major market in Japan. And then we also have emerging markets in the US, in Belgium, in Taiwan, in Portugal, in France. We're continuing to grow and to, to develop our proposition around the world. We have our own proprietary technology. We have a really big technology hub in Hyderabad in India, which is, which is growing. We also have really impressive technology facilities in Israel, in Poland, in Leeds, in the North of England. And like I say, we're continuing to grow. It's still a startup, which is strange for a business of two and a half thousand people, but we are sort of seven years into our journey, still trying to keep that entrepreneurial spirit within the business, also prove our business model works and really develop a great proposition for, for customers and sports bodies around the world. Fantastic. So let's jump right in. You know, what I've been thinking about is the workplace seems to be continuously evolving. And since the adoption of hybrid working, it doesn't look like we're actually going to be returning back to the times pre-COVID, which has set a playing field where organizations must now really focus on employee experience. How would you define the employee experience at Dazone? Maybe could you address some of the challenges that you faced to balance the digital versus the physical employee experience? Thanks, Lamar. Yeah, I, I do share that viewpoint. Yes, definitely. But I, I think it's important to add, to add a bit of a caveat to it. So when you say the landscape has, has changed, we're dealing with employees who sit outside of the traditional office environment. and Whilst a lot of people are seeing that as something new, if you think about it, it is something that we've, we've always had, really. We've always had hard-to-reach workers. We've always had frontline workers, always had the challenge of how we engage and communicate with teams and individuals who are remote, who aren't desk-based. What's changed here is not 
the nature of the problem itself. It's the extent of the challenge, right? The other really big thing I think to consider in there is all of this change that we've gone through is the, the impact on employee expectation as we've gone through that. We've gone through a change that saw a huge amount of uncertainty in the early days of COVID as we went through furlough periods. You know, there was a lot of change that people went through. And then we saw a big upswing in employee agency and power um, as we entered the great resignation. And then a swing back to employer power as the cost of living crisis hit and the people were more concerned with some of the fundamental drivers of engagement around job security and, and, and salary and being able to pay mortgages and the like. There's been an awful lot of upheaval and it's important to recognize the impact there on some of the foundations of engagement. You know, if you take away those key building blocks like security of, of job tenure, then all, all the other factors in employee engagement and experience take a big hit. It's not much use having a brilliant reward strategy around soft benefits within your business if what people are really worried about is how much money they're taking home at the end of the day. When you talk about defining an experience and a strategy on how we use the office, I, I totally agree with that. And that's really important. I think the, the big focus we should all have is around intentionality, if, if that's a word, being very intentional around what we do and, and why we do it. It's not good enough just to say, we want people back in X many days a week, or we're a remote first company because we're a remote first company. We have to consider why we want to do these things, what benefit we're looking to get from them, the potential impact on the business and what that then means from an experience perspective as well. Let's say that as a business, you've decided that you want to use digital or physical channels to connect people. And that's your, the important thing. If you know that we don't get the benefit from people feeling recognized and feeling rewarded as a result of that. So we need to be really intentional about what we're trying to build and set up and why. In our, in our central office in Hammersmith, for example, we've just gone through some work to, to redevelop it. We've brought all our teams together onto one floor. We've gone through and we've taken a hot desk approach throughout so that teams are more likely to intermingle. Our overall aim for the office space being to connect teams with other teams whilst also meeting the needs of our employees. I think all of this is important because an office has to do two things. It has to meet the needs and standards which are met when an employee works from home and it has to provide something crucial which can't be provided in the home environment. Otherwise, remote and digital first businesses would be the way to go. And I think it's a blend. There's going to be some things that are right for some businesses and some right for others. And you asked about the challenges. So the big challenge I think here on balancing physical and digital is around making sure we continue to push for inclusion. There, there are so many benefits from home working from an inclusion perspective, but equally there are hidden longer term pitfalls. It's certainly a risk that those in office may be more exposed to senior leadership, more visible, and therefore more likely to be involved in stretch projects and growth opportunities, which can then create inequity within your business. It's really important that when we look at remote working and the use of digital to enable that, we recognize all of the inclusion benefits that come with it and take advantage of those so that we can push for better workplaces, but also recognize with those benefits come potential pitfalls as well that we need to address. One thing I'm going to circle back to in your response, the benefits of being back in the office, it's certainly a risk that those in office may be exposed to senior leadership. It's very easy to kind of underestimate the the soft benefit or the soft opportunities that come from networking, from physical exposure to people, from being present. You know, when you're, particularly if you're a more junior employee, for example, we need to make sure that we give everybody the opportunity to network, to 
have exposure to leadership, to learn from them in terms of behaviors, experiences, and skills, and that everybody, that we're equitable in terms of giving people opportunity to step into stretch projects, to be selected for mentoring, to have those opportunities that might take people forward in their career. When we're in a singular environment, so if you dial back to where we were, everybody was sort of four or five days in the office, you know, it's, it's much more easy to create that equity. Whereas when we have an environment where there are some people who are in the office, there are some people who are primarily remote, there are some people who have a blend, that comes with the chance of people not getting similar opportunities. And I think digital can play a role in this. There are tools which allow us to randomly pair people for coffee meetings, for example, or we can be intentional around leadership doing skip level meetings and opening up mentoring opportunities with a wider range of people. And in fact, I was having a, a really interesting conversation a few days ago, actually, with uh, Brenda Wong of Stottles, and they have a really interesting initiative called Stay Interviews, where the senior leadership in that business are conducting a series of one-on-one -on -one interviews around the business. This gives the opportunity for employees at all levels to connect with the leadership, and it makes the leadership very visible. And it's a great way of fostering engagement within the business and really kind of driving a great employee experience and culture. Senior leadership is definitely looking for what the value proposition is of getting their people back in the office. Hearing this is great. If we look at it from the perspective of the employee, how do you think remote work has impacted the employee experience and has digital played a role? Yes, remote work has definitely impacted the employee experience and digital absolutely plays a role. Yeah, what, what we have to remember here is that the, the increased focus on remote and hybrid has, has naturally increased the importance and the, and the use of digital. Whilst some of the day-to-day -day tasks for an employee may remain the same, whether you're based in an office or at home, the surrounding environment is very different. And obviously that changes your experience. In a workspace, you walk around, make a cup of tea, bump into people at home. You don't have that exposure to your teammates in the same way. We are definitely creating a different employee experience and where digital comes into play though. We have to be very considered around how we use it, where we know it's not as rich as face-to-face. -face. So how do we make sure that we are using digital in a way that helps to replace what we lose from the physical exposure that we get when in, in a workplace? Probably two really good areas to look at within that. First off are around understanding business strategy and goals and how individuals contribute to them. Remote work naturally moves people further apart physically. And when you're further apart and when you are not close to something, you've got the risk of drift and scope creep. So I think internal comms needs to double down on alignment with strategy around. So whether that's virtual town halls, whether it's more visibility of company goals, how individual goals align to those, how we use digital channels to continually push that so that everybody stays aligned on what the company is trying to do and where people fit in. That's a really big area to focus on. The second is around lateral communication and connectivity. I believe very strongly that one of the most important things we need to do in businesses is make sure our people are connecting with each other. And it's something that we've potentially taken for granted over recent years when it's happened naturally and passively by people being face-to-face -face and just networking naturally. The risk over the coming years for companies who have a high proportion of people working remotely is that they're not intentional enough about how people are 
connecting with each other and they get increased silo working within their businesses. Internal comms focusing on how can we make it easy for people to connect with people, not just within their team, but importantly, outside of their team. How do we make sure people have those opportunities for random or serendipitous connections with people across the business? How can we help employees discover other employees? How can internal communications help to employees to continue to build and rebuild their networks uh, within the workplace? Yeah, I think that's definitely necessary. And in such a framework, what role does digital play to support IC in the construction or reinforcement of the employee experience? Um, I, I think it's it's a massive role as an enabler. I think if you take the employee lifecycle as a, as a bit of an example, we all know the employee lifecycle is key in driving a great employee experience and, and comms plays a big role in that throughout. If, if we go to the sort of the beginning of that employee lifecycle, we can look at digital tools, how people see your employer brand through social channels, how easy is it for an employee to apply for a role online, what's your digital onboarding process like? And that's all before you you get into a business. You know, we want to onboard, onboard people through really smoothly integrated systems. We want to support line managers with communications for, for them and their employees. And that, that's an area that we've really focused on, or we are really focusing on at own. How do we make sure that managers are, are well-equipped to deliver great onboarding in a digital environment as well as a physical environment. So that might be around tooling for them. It might be around documentation. It might be around um, guidance and training. It, it might be around removing bureaucracy and unnecessary process and making things easy. We've created some great manager guides, a manager's hub, and some automated processes around what both employees and managers need to do as they bring, as they, as they join the business. But going back to what I said at the beginning about being intentional, I, I think that's really important when you look at digital tools. It's really easy to take on loads of new tools, loads of new processes, but we need to think about what we're doing and why and what results we expect to see as the result of our work. And it's, it's also important to recognize that there are no magic bullets here. There's, there's no digital tool that's going to suddenly fix all our ills and woes. We, we all still need to do the basic groundwork on building efficient and effective people experiences and communicating well through that and equipping everybody within our business with the basics of how to how to communicate well and build great experiences. What part does leadership play in driving the employee experience narrative, both in physical and digital environments? And are they important to the outcome? Absolutely. I think I've, I've spoken already a little bit about the importance of leadership from a behavioral point of view and around building culture. So I'll talk a little bit about their responsibility again and, and how we support them. I think it's really important that leaders recognize their responsibilities in terms of both how and, and where they work. As we, as we look to build our digital environments and um, increase the use of digital as a, as a necessity within, within any business, if we're asking employees to adopt those ways of workings, then it's, it's crucial that leaders do that too. As we get people using more digital channels, as we get people communicating more through Teams, Slack, whatever it may be. We need leaders to be present and doing doing the same, being visible, leading by example, working with their people. The same around the office environment. If we're asking people to come in, connectivity, we need leaders doing that too. And leaders need to recognize or perhaps be reminded of the importance of them showing up and how their behaviors drive the culture of a business um, and how they are, whether the leaders like it or not, they're, they're figureheads within a business and people look up to them. And based on 
your leadership role and the leaders that you interact with, what have you found the most effective at DAZN? What we found really effective in terms of use of digital is having the sort of confidence and the, and the appetite to embrace it and to, and to get into it. There, it's never going to be perfect. It's, it's always going to come with unforeseen issues uh, or unforeseen challenges uh, because it's, it's a new environment, right? So we've, we've done a lot around virtual town halls, virtual Q and A's, virtual exposure of our leadership, tackle everything and online Q and A's that last you know, over an hour, giving people the space and the, and the autonomy to, to put anything to him about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're moving forward as a business from a leadership perspective, having the appetite, having confidence to, to get involved, not, not shying back from things and creating those digital environments that are open where people can ask questions, feel safe in doing so. And in a way, hold our leadership to account. Great advice, great advice. But now understanding all of that, how do you measure the impact of your activities on improving employee experience? Maybe what are some of the KPIs that you use to understand whether you're, what you're doing is working or not? This is an area where we'd all like to do more. We've actually drawn back on a lot of our measurement efforts over the last year or so. So we've reduced down things like employee sentiment surveys and things like that. And we're looking more at some of the key people metrics around attrition, onboarding effectiveness, things like that. We're looking at how and where teams work at the macro level. Uh, and then we're using that information to inform how and where we make improvements to our office environments. And we, we will look over time to reintroduce some of the softer engagement style metrics. But right now our focus is on trying to link employee experience initiatives with things like individual performance, business results in each area, and then those harder people metrics that I've spoken about. That's great. Okay. And knowing all of this, would you have some key recommendations that could be used by our listeners? are struggling with a similar subject? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll continue on the on the measurement front here. It's important here to separate our general employee sentiment and business performance. Ultimately, whether we sit in internal communications as a function, whether internal comms is part of a broader HR team, whether we're, whether we're HR focused, we are support functions and we're here to drive business success. Whilst understanding employee sentiment is really important, it's also crucial for us to be very comfortable with those harder people metrics, which have a more immediate and direct impact on company performance, individual performance ratings, team performance, attrition levels, time to hire, et cetera. My advice would be from a measurement perspective to be comfortable with a broader range of measurement criteria and not be driven by what the numbers are saying, but you always use those numbers as the sort of first part of a new investigation. Okay, we've got these numbers. So what? What do they mean? What might they mean? Dig into them further, keep going, and then then start to start to adjust your strategy based on that. So Paul, I would like to ask you one final question that I enjoy asking all our guest experts of Masters of Comms. Would you mind sharing with us the title of a book or a film that had a significant impact on you recently and why? I'm an avid reader, so it's a relatively easy question. Um, I'm currently right in the middle of Anti-Fragility by Nicholas Talad. Uh, it's a great read, uh, a concept I've always been very interested in around how we can go beyond fragility and resilience and into a mindset where conflict and chaos actually fuel our progress and fuel our growth. When you when you consider the state of the world right now, it's a really relevant piece of advice and a really relevant book and I'd highly recommend it. 
Yeah, it's extremely important at, at this period in time. Well, Paul, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This has been Masters of Comms, the podcast for transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. Follow us here to find the next episode. See you soon.